Sealing God's People at sealinggodspeople.org with your host, Dennis Beard. Coming to you live, we're going to be streaming your services today. Uh, of course, the church is not being able to meet, and so we'll be doing the streaming uh, there as well as the podcast. Many have been talking about, is this Armageddon? Armageddon has a place. Armageddon, the ghetto, the gathering of all nations into the plains of the ghetto. Uh, the answer to that is there's going to be famine, pestilence, sword, most and beast, four sword judgments upon God's people. And there's many things to come. Uh, one third of the prophecy of this book has not been fulfilled yet. Contrary to many uh, denominations or whatever saying that it has, and all things have been completed. But that's just not the case. Uh, we have prophecy there in Daniel 9, 24 through 27, that Jerusalem will be built again, even in troublous times, uh, to seal up the vision, anoint the most holy. Uh, this is in the season of tabernacles, not Pentecost. It's in the time of the latter rain, not the former rain. So we've been talking about sealing God's people, three different areas of the sealing. And first, when a person is born, they're born again of the water and the spirit. They, at that point, are newborn babes. They desire the sincere milk of the word, whereby they can grow. They're the children, little children, are the ones that have their sins forgiven for his name's sake and have known the Father. They've grown higher than newborn babes. They're little children. And we find that in 1 John 2, 12 through 14. And we've mentioned that in each of the podcasts because those are the different areas in the ceiling. The Holy Ghost knows all truth, is all truth, is the spirit of truth. And that knowledge is given to us for he that's joined to the Lord is one spirit. And we find in 1 John 2, 20. You have an unction from the Holy One, and you know all things, and you know all truth and no lies of the truth. All truth has been given to us by the Spirit of God, and in that Spirit, the Spirit of truth, Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life is given to us freely as we're able to receive it. But there are seasons in God, as as we see in, in Leviticus 23, we see the seasons the Feast of the Lord, and these various seasons there, which are Moed, are divine appointments of God with man. We start in the first month. Now, when they came up out of Egypt, everything changed. Uh, the, the beginning of months there in Abib, Nisan, was from seven months or six months further down the road and then the new year in Israel. In the seventh month, uh, there in Tishri, which is their beginning of the months of their civil year, that is their new their new year. But Abib, Nisan, then Passover, that will be a beginning of months to you. It's an it's a total new thing that God does. You become a new creature in Christ Jesus. All things become new. Though the outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. So we start that walk in God in Abib, in Nisan, Passover. And in that Passover, you have the Paschal Lamb that has 
literally been slain. I have a male of the first year, kept up for four days without spot, without blemish, and you were slain. Uh, there, and you put upon the lintels on the doorpost. There, and when the Lord comes through, he will pass over you. The death angel will pass over that house, Passover. Well, there's three different feasts there in that season of Passover. Passover, unleavened bread, and first fruits. And that Passover, 14th day of the first month, that we have Jesus fulfilling that, uh, the antitype, him being the Passover lamb, Christ our Passover sacrifice for us. He was kept up four days before Pilate, Cephas, and Herod, back and forth. Finally, Pilate says, I find no fault in him. Uh, he's declared to be the perfect spotless blameless, nothing worthy of death, and then is uh, condemned to the cross. Uh, he that knew no sin became sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Now that began in Passover. Three different seasons there, Passover, Feast of Weeks, and Feast of Tabernacles. Three different seasons. Seven feasts of the Lord within those three seasons. And those seasons are given for us that know that are children of the day, First Thessalonians 5, that we're children of the day and not of the night, that that day of the day of the Lord shall overtake us as a thief in the night. But it's given for us to know the times and the seasons. Now, the seasons of God, in those three specific seasons, we have the Feast of Passover. That's the first 14th day of the first month, and that will be the Lord's Passover. When they took that lamb, a male of the first year, <clears throat> slayed that lamb, roasted it all night, ate it all night long, and if there was anything remaining, they burned it with fire. And they took the blood and applied it to the doorposts and the lentils. And that was a tav. That was a cross. <clears throat> so you had over the lentils a cross and the two doorposts a cross. And there you would see three crosses on the lintel and the doorpost of that Israeli house, of that house in Israel. There we find the Lord kept up four days before Pilate, Caiaphas, and Herod, finding no fault in him. Then he has a cross lifted up that Saturn Sereti carried his cross for him. And on either side, there was a cross of a thief and the two thieves, one repentant, the other not, and Jesus in the midst, just as it was in Passover with a tithe, that being the cross, literally written by blood on the applied to the lentils and the doorpost. Passover and then been first fruits was Jesus in the days of his flesh, Christ our Passover sacrifice for us. Now we give him the calves praise of the calves of our lips. Jesus fulfilled that week there, uh, that, that feast in Passover. Then he was buried. That's the death. Unleavened bread. Unleavened because he's declared to be the Son of God through the Spirit by the resurrection from the dead. So three days 
the Spirit of God went through the man Christ Jesus, body, soul, and human spirit, founding nothing worthy of death in him, and resurrected, declaring him to be the Son of God. This day have I begotten thee. There in Hebrews, thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is a scepter of thee, for thou hast loved righteousness and hated iniquity. Therefore, God, even thy God, hath anointed thee with oil above thy fellows. Jesus, the perfect, spotless, blameless Lamb of God, slain for our sins, that we, that we might be redeemed. That was the 14th day of the first month. Yeah, Jesus was buried, Feast of Unleavened Bread. And then Feast of First Fruits, he was the first begotten from the dead, that he would have the preeminence in all things. There's the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And some say that's the whole gospel to the whole world. Well, the death, burial, and resurrection is where Jesus paid the price for all seven feasts. Not just three. All seven. We find that Jesus, whenever he died on that cross, everything in the cosmos, in the world, and in the entire creation became changed, became a new creation. There will be a new heaven, a new earth. We that follow the Lord is a new creature in Christ Jesus. All things becoming new because it's in Christ. He's the first beginning of the creation of God. Not that first creation, this earth that waxes old as doth gar uh, garment, but that new creation, the new heavens, new earth, the new thing that God will do and consummate it in and through the body of Christ. Jesus fulfilled all seven feasts. He paid his righteous blood that all of us could be redeemed, not only redeemed, justified, justification by faith, redemption by faith in the blood of Jesus Christ and that atoning work, but also sanctification of uh, the Spirit. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Where is that blood now? The blood in the New Testament given for you. So this blood speaks better things than that of Abel. It speaks God's love to us. It is the proceeding word of God. Forever settled in heaven by the blood of Jesus Christ. And an everlasting atonement for those that believe. There Jesus paid it all. He paid for Passover, unleavened bread, first fruits, for us to be dead, buried with Christ by baptism. And then raised to the newness of life, the body of the sins of the flesh being destroyed. But that does not end there. That's just three feasts of the Lord. You must go on. A fundamentalist will say that's all there is. There is nothing else. You are saved. You have repented. 
You've said the sinner's prayer. You've asked Jesus to come into your heart. You've asked God to forgive you of your sins. But we find that the blood is not applied without water. Because you must be born again. John 3. Nicodemus came to Jesus by night. And Jesus said, Nicodemus, you must be born again. You must be born of the water and of the spirit. Nicodemus said, well, how is a man that is old and of the second time into his mother's womb? Jesus said, that which is flesh is flesh, that which is spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto you, you must be born again. You must be born of the water and the spirit. To accomplish that. In Matthew 16, Jesus asked his disciples, who do men say that I, the son of man, am? Now, the Son of Man is the kingdom office of the Spirit. We find that in John 3, 13. No man has ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man, which is in heaven, Jesus standing there talking to his disciples, stating that he's in heaven. The Son of Man includes you, the body of Christ, him being the head, you, the members of Christ, the body of the Christ. Who do you say, who do men say that I, the son of man, am? The I am. That son of man. Well, they said, some say you're John the Baptist, Elijah, uh, Jeremiah, one of those other prophets. You're, You're one of those other prophets. But Jesus then said, but who do you say I am? Who is I am that I am? Who is that Lord Jehovah God Almighty? Who is that Elohim? Who is that El Shaddai, the Almighty God? Peter says, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Simon Barjona, notice Jesus calls Simon by his earthly name, Simon, to hear, to understand, Bar, Chaldean for son, Jonah, Jonah there, a love. In other words, a revelation given of the world are to understand by that of the world. Simon Barjona. Flesh and blood has not revealed this unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. Somebody said, well, if Jesus is the Father, why is he saying the Father in heaven is revealing this? Why didn't he just say, I'm revealing this? And that's where you have the revelation of Jesus Christ. That even though he being in the form of God, Philippians 2, 6 through 8. Jesus, who being in the form of God, Morpha, that's an eternal state for throughout eternity, never changing. Jesus, who being in the form of God, the Morpha, eternal state of God, the form of God, that is spirit. God is a spirit. Those that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Jesus right there is that spirit. He is the Christ, just as Peter said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Well, what is that revelation of Christ? Many people say that Christ was just a man. He's just a man and uh, uh, God was in him. Reconciled the world to himself. But Christ is just a man, not realizing that first and foremost, Christ is that spirit. 
We find that in 1 Peter 1, verse 10 and 11. For the Old Testament prophets, at Samuel, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, 14 minor prophets all the way to Malachi, search diligently, search diligently unto that that faith, that, that uh, uh, word that would come. The Old Testament prophets searched diligently into that which was to come, into that truth. How? By the Spirit of God that was in them. The Spirit of Christ there in 1 Peter 1, verse 10 11, is, is the Spirit, Christ, the Holy Ghost, God Almighty, Jehovah Lord God, the omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent, God Almighty. That is the Spirit, Christ. That is first and foremost. You have not so learned Christ, if so be that Christ is in you. Christ is Jesus in you. Christ is the Father in you. Christ is that Spirit. We find in Ephesians 4, there's one body, one spirit, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, who is the Father of all, above all, through all, and in us all. Who? The Father. Who is that? That's Christ. That is declared by Peter, who said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. You are that spirit. Jesus, who being in the form of God. Paul said it. Philippians 2. Six, Jesus, who being in the form, Morpha, an eternal state, never to change. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Forever, the Spirit of God. Never, ever to change. He is that Spirit. But we have a problem with Adam bringing forth sin through disobedience. Romans 5, Paul, speaking to the church at Rome, states, by one man's disobedience, sin came to the world and death by sin. Therefore, as by one man, sin came to the world, and that through disobedience, therefore by one man shall my servant make many righteous. A man lost it. Only a man can redeem us back. Jesus is in the form of God. He's spirit. He is Christ, the Spirit. The Old Testament prophesied by that Spirit of Christ that was in them. When they spoke beforehand of the sufferings of Christ, not Christ Jr., Christ. Christ the Spirit is Christ the man. Notice that, that the Old Testament prophets, all from Samuel, all the way through to Malachi, prophesied by the Spirit of Christ that was in them when it spoke beforehand of the sufferings of Christ, 1 Peter verse 10 and 11. 1 Peter 1, verse 10 and 11. Christ is that Spirit. That's first and foremost because the revelation of Jesus and the sealing of it is through Christ. That revelation of Christ. That is the foundation for the church. If any man abide not in the doctrine of Christ, he hath not God. 
Second John 2. Second John. <laughs> Any man abide not in the doctrine of Christ, hath not this doctrine, hath not God. Jesus Christ is the Christ. He is that spirit. But he didn't stop there. Who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Nobody's equal with God except God himself. All the attributes of God are equal. Love, power, wisdom, all of these, understanding, all of God, all of those attributes of God are equal. I, wisdom, dwell with prudence. Proverbs 8, speaking with the first person there, I, wisdom, dwell with prudence. I daily was his delight. With a, with a first person, personal pronoun, I, dwell with prudence. I, daily was his delight. Speaking of wisdom. Well, that's just one of the attributes of God. God is love. There's another attribute of God. He is power. He's all-powerful. Another attribute of God. He is love. He is our healer. Another attribute of God. Jehovah Rafika. Um, Jehovah Tendiskinu, the Lord our righteousness. All of these attributes of God is to let us make man in our image. Not an angel. Not speaking to angels. Genesis one twenty six, when God said, let us make man in our own image after our likeness, that our is the attributes of God in plurality, plural attributes of God. All that is God, love, joy, peace, all that power, wisdom, understanding, each one of those attributes came forth. If they hadn't, then Adam would not have had love. He would not have had any joy. Peace, wisdom, understanding, prudence. All these came forward. There in the next verse, Genesis one twenty-seven. So God made man in his own image. Singular personal pronoun, his own image. Male and female created he them. Singular personal pronoun again. Because it's all the attributes of God making but one spirit. God is love. That's one attribute. God is all powerful. Another attribute. God is wisdom. Another attribute. All of these attributes make one God and they're all equal. Who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God. The word, the Holy Ghost, the power of God, those are various offices and functions of the Spirit, but one and the self-same Spirit. Now, these are fundamentals that we in the last days must give him the glory and come to that measure of the stature of Jesus in order to be presented blameless at his coming, both spirit, soul, and body. And that is progressive. For the path of the just is as a shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. Now, after that, we have received the word of God. We were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise until the promised possession. That what we have in overcoming the world, the devil in our own flesh, and granted to sit with Jesus in his throne, that place where he's prepared for us. Friday, what he what 
brought to usward when he set him in his own right hand in heavenly places, Ephesians 1. The work of that ministry entails the entire work, not just one season of three feasts, which is Passover, unleavened bread, and first fruits. Many a minister will tell you that's all there is. That is a lie. There are seven feasts of the Lord, and these are feasts of the Lord. They're not feasts of Israel. They're not feasts of the church. They're feasts of the Lord, and the only way that you can eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink His blood is through obedience, not a hearer of the word, but a doer of the word, in all seven feasts. It requires all. There's no uh, shortened, simple, easy way to overcome to the end. We must grow up into him in all things by faith. And you're saved by grace through faith. But grace reigns through righteousness. Romans 5. And to understand that grace reigns through something, through righteousness. He came from, he proceeded, what's righteousness? Not that he's just right. We find in John 16 what righteousness is. He said, when the Holy Ghost comes, he will reprove the world of sin, because they believe not on me, Jesus said, of righteousness, because I go to my Father, and of judgment, because the prince of this world is judged. What is righteousness? Jesus said, I proceeded from the Father. If water proceeds from the waterfall and falls to the waterfall to a river, the same water that proceeded from the waterfall is the same water that's in that river. He proceeded from the Father, came into the world. Who did? The Father came into the world. How? Manifest in a body of flesh and blood. God manifests in the flesh. 1 Timothy 3.16. God was manifest in the flesh. But we're told through denominational thinking and doctrines of dogmas that the Son of God came into the world. The Son of God is God manifest in the flesh. Not an eternal Son. Who is this Son of God? He's the Christ. What is Christ? The Spirit of God. We find that in 1 Peter 1. That all the Old Testament prophets search diligently into the grace that should come unto us. What grace? God manifest. Emmanuel, God with us. Grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. He is the way, the truth, and the life. What is the way? The Spirit. What is the truth? The Spirit of truth. Who is that? Jesus. Who is the life? Jesus. All life is in him. That is the light. The life is the light. The light of every man that cometh into the world. Jesus is that spirit always has been that spirit always will be that spirit but we're taught through denominational thinking in protestant religion he's a god man he's not god god's a spirit and the man oh well that man is he has the spirit of god but that man's not god he has god in him but the man's not god and they have the doctrine of the God-man of the Chalcedonian definition 451 A.D. And most 
Protestant religions today and denominations carry the belief of the God-man. So God will do a work to reveal that only he, Jesus Christ, is God. All the judgments of God, famine, pestilence, sword, noise, and beast, will be only for one reason to reveal that that man, Jesus Christ, is the only God of glory. He is the only Savior, the only Redeemer, and there is not another. He is the Lord. He is that Spirit. He is the Father. The Son is the Father revealed. One in the self, same Spirit, not Spirit Junior. The Son of God didn't come into the world. The Word came, and the Son of God is the Father revealed. Jesus said, you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Now, that's a mystery. The mystery of godliness is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Who is that Christ? He's the Spirit of God. He is the Holy Ghost. He is Jesus. Jesus is the Holy Ghost. We don't know him after the flesh anymore, but we know him after the Spirit. How do I know Jesus after the Spirit? Because Jesus is that Spirit. He is the Holy Ghost. Acts 20, 28. Take heed to yourselves and over all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers. God made you overseers. Jehovah Lord God made you overseers. Called of the Holy Ghost. Which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers. To feed the church of God which he, who, God himself, the Holy Ghost, hath purchased with his own blood. Somebody said God didn't have blood. Yes, he did. In the days of his flesh. If you deny that. You have denied the holy blood of Jesus Christ. Calling it an unclean thing in Hebrews. Most of the denominational world. Deny that Jesus Christ is the father. That he is that spirit. That he is Christ. Christ is that spirit. Christ is that spirit. You see that again. 1 Peter 1, verse 10 and 11. I'll say it again. Don't miss it. You miss that. You miss everything because that is the foundation of the church in the revelation of Christ, who is Jesus. 1 Peter 1, verse 10. At the Old Testament prophets prophesied of the grace that should come unto us. How? By the Spirit of Christ that was in them. That's a capital S. Christ is that Spirit. Somebody said, well, I thought it was Christ Jr. I thought God had a son that the Spirit was talking to Spirit Jr. in heaven and saying, come down here and save the world. Son, go down there and save the world. There's nowhere in the Word of God that it says that. That's ludicrous. There's no way. There's only one Spirit of God. And that is Jesus. Somebody said, why do you reveal his name in the Old Testament? Because no man has seen God at any time. When uh, uh, Jacob wrestled with the angel, he changed his name from Jacob to Israel as a prince that has had power with God. You have power with God, Israel. 
And in that wrestling, my wrestling, in Genesis 48, we find that Jacob wrestled with the angel that redeemed, the redeeming angel. And that's capitalized, the redeeming angel. Yes. Well, somebody said, well, who redeems us? Jesus. He's the Lord God that saves us. Well, that is the redeeming angel. Well, Jesus is not an angel. He did not take on him the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham. So in that manifestation of Jesus to Jacob in the Old Testament, they'll call that an epiphany or a theophany of manifestation of God, but it's simply that before the foundation of the world, Jesus laid aside his glory that any manifestation that we would have of the Lord, any revealing, any seeing God would be a type of of a theophany or God manifesting himself but no one has ever seen God and lived. And Moses said he saw God. And he passed and saw his hinder part and the cleft of the rock. And he spoke of the glory of God. We see in John 17, 5, that Jesus, whenever he had finished his work here on the earth, he said, Father, glorify me with thine own self. With thine own self, yes, with the glory I had with you before the world was. You're going to get the glory back? I thought, well, what did you do with that glory? Where did, what did you do with that glory? I want it back. Glorify me with thine own self with that glory, with the glory that I had with you before the world was. I want it back. Well, somebody said, well, when, when did he put it off? Well, we see that in Philippians 2, 6 through 8. That shows us how God is going to redeem us. You see in Romans 5, by one man's disobedience, sin came to the world and death by sin. Therefore, by one man shall my servant make many righteous. As by one man, many were made sinners. Even so, by one man shall my servant make many righteous. A man lost it. Only a man can redeem us back. God is spirit. He cannot die. We've got to have a righteous, holy, sinless man to be a free will sacrifice. In other words, freely laying it down of himself to satisfy the demands of the law. The law required death. Because he told Adam, in the day you sin, eat of that tree of knowledge, in the day that you do, eat of the tree of knowledge, you shall surely die. And in Adam, all die. And we're of the seed of Adam. Therefore, we must be born again. How do you born again? Of the water and the spirit. And how... And how is that accomplished? By saying the sinner's prayer? No. 
asking Jesus to come into your heart? No, nobody said, oh, Lord. He dropped down and said, Jesus, come into my heart. Nowhere in the Word of God does it say that. Yet people preach it, and by the thousands of pastors preaching that which is a lie that they heard through their, their seminaries. But it's not in the Word of God. Well, why have we believed this? Because of this tradition. The tradition of the elders that made the word of God don't effect. Search the scriptures. For in them you think you have eternal life. And these are they that testify of me. Not of us. Me. There is no trinity. Never has been a trinity. Ever will be a trinity. That's a man-made doctrine. Well, then what's the truth? Well, Jesus is the Christ. Christ is that spirit. 1 Peter 1, verse 10 and 11, that the Old Testament prophets search diligently into the grace that should come to us, searching what or what manner of time the spirit of Christ that was in them. That spirit is a capital S. That's God. God is that spirit. When they prophesied beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. Ought Christ should have suffered and then enter into his glory? Yes. He laid aside the glory to become a man. Who did? Christ did. And Christ the man then wanted the glory back as Christ. Therefore, that's the reason you're going to see in Acts 2.36 that all the house of Israel know assuredly that same Jesus who you crucified, God hath made him both Lord and Christ. Wait a minute. He was already Christ. Yeah, Christ the man because he'd emptied out of glory. He laid aside his glory to become a man. Now he wants it all back. So Jesus said, destroy this temple in three days. I will raise it up. No man can raise up his own body except he be God. They said 43 years was this temple in building. And will you raise it up in three days? But Jesus spake of the temple of his body. The naos, a spiritual temple. The body. God made himself a body. In the volume, the volume of the book is written to me, I come to do thy will, O God. From Genesis to Revelation. In the volume of this book, it is written of me, O God. To prepare himself a body. Why? For a body thou hast prepared me. Who's me? The Spirit of God. God himself. A body that has prepared me. Who? God himself prepared himself a body. Somebody said, I've never heard it that way. No, because you have been taught by traditions. You've been taught by denominational era. And God is calling his people out now to the truth, to those that have an ear to hear. By one man's disobedience, sin came to the world and death by sin. Therefore, by one man shall my servant make many righteous. Who is that servant? Jesus, who being in the form of God's spirit, 
Always has been spirit. Always will be spirit. Always has been God. Always will be God. Although he thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Why? Because he is God. He is the word. He is prudence. He is wisdom. He is. He's God. The form of God. Morpha, an eternal state. Being in the form of God. But he did something there. He did something to manifest his love. He did something there that he could so he could redeem mankind. Being in the form of God, thunder not robbery be with God, but made himself of no reputation. Not some reputation, no reputation. Now, what manner of love that God hath bestowed upon us that we should now be called the sons of God? First John three sixteen tells us hereby we perceive the love of God because he, God himself, laid down his life for us. Somebody said, well, God can't die. If he's got an own body, his own body of flesh and blood, he can. Somebody said, what? His own body of flesh and blood. That's exactly what we're saying. God, what father would tell the son to go down and die? The father would die himself. Well, the Lord God did the same for you. So I said, well, I'm confused. Jesus, who being in the form of God, made himself, God himself, of no reputation. That's a Greek word, kano, K-E-N-O-O. It's a kenosis. Emptied out. Not a process of emptying out, but emptied out. Laid aside. Make void. Make of nothing, nada. Made himself of no reputation. Not some, none. What is that? The same as a high priest did in the Old Testament in Leviticus 16. On the Day of Atonement, the high priest would lay aside his garments of glory and beauty in the sanctuary, in the holy place, and put on linen garments, linen breeches, linen linen bonnet, and then that's becoming one with the people. For that linen uh, garments is the righteousness of the saints. He become one with the saints. He put off, off his garments of glory and beauty. All the ephod and uh, all the uh, stones of the breastplate of judgment and put on linen garments, becoming one of the people and then did the various sacrifices for that day. Taking the, the goats, the goat of Azazel, the two goats there, uh, they've taken their, uh, the blood, uh, sprinkling it before the mercy seat seven times. Then after all the sacrifices were done on the day of atonement, one goat slain, the other scapegoat gone. Uh, then he would go back out of that holy of holies, the most holy place, into that sanctuary, the holy place. Lay aside the linen garments 
never ever to be worn again once and for all and then put back on the garments of glory and beauty. The Lord Jesus, your great high priest, did the same for you. Who being in the form of God's spirit, made himself of no reputation, laid aside his garments of glory and beauty, laid aside that glory. Took upon himself something, took upon him the form of a servant. Made in the likeness of men. Who? God did. Not the son of God. God did. God manifests himself in the flesh. There's the mystery. 1 Timothy 3.16. Without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh. And if you've added to your faith virtue, virtue, knowledge, knowledge, temperance, temperance, patience, patience, godliness, then you know that it's God the Father of glory, the Holy Ghost, Jesus in you. You have not so learned Christ. If so, if you do not know that, if so be that Christ is in you. You have the knowledge of Christ in you, the Father of glory in you. You see, there's one body, one spirit, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God who's Father of all, above all, through all, in us all. Who? The Father. Who is that Father? Jesus. Oh, somebody said, oh, no, he's up at the right hand of God, but he's the Holy Ghost has come, the third person of the Godhead, and Jesus is still sitting up there. No, friend. Christ in you, Jesus in you, Christ in you, Jesus in you is the Holy Ghost. Jesus is the Holy Ghost. He is that spirit. And that is the current, present truth that the body of Christ and this whole denominational world has to see that he is the father of glory, or they will die in their sins. No trinity will make heaven. And who will hear for the time to come? Jesus, in the days of his flesh, said it, spoke it, stated it over and over again that he is the father. Somebody said he didn't say it. Yes, he did. Over and over again. John 10, 30, I and my father are one, not in union, hun, H-U-N, but heis, H-E-I-S, one in the self-same spirit, only one. I and my father are one. I and my father are one in the self-same spirit. For the son of God is the father revealed in a body of flesh and blood. That's called the son of God. The son of God is the father. Somebody said, well, I still don't understand that. But John 14, Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. I can't say that, neither can you. But he did. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. From my father's house and many mansions, when I so would have told you. I got to prepare a place for you. Where I am, there you may be also. Whether I go, you know, and the way, you know. Well, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Whether I go, you know, and the way, you know. Thomas saith unto him, Didymus, Lord, we know not whether thou goest. How can we know the way? <laughs> Jesus said, I am the way, the truth. I am the way. The, that way keepeth the way to the tree of life. Jesus is that way, Genesis 3. 
capital C, cherubim. That is the Lord Jehovah God Almighty. He is the truth, the way, the truth. He's the spirit of truth. He is the life. That life is of the spirit. I am the way, the truth, and life. No man cometh through the Father but by me. Why did he say that? Because you can't get to God, the Father of glory, except by me. Then he says a, a startling statement. Henceforth, from henceforth, now you both know him and have seen him. I'm giving you the revelation of Christ. You've known him and see him. You've known him and you've seen the Father. Philip stands up and says, Lord, show us the Father. And that suffices us. That'll be sufficient. Show us the Father. Well, I understand what you're saying here, but now show us the Father. Jesus said, have I been so long time with you, Philip? And hast thou not known me? Philip didn't say, wait a minute. I know you're the son of God. I'm asking you to show us the father. That's what Jesus is saying. I am the father revealed in a body of flesh and blood. That's called the son of God. The son of God is the father revealed. That's a mystery of godliness. First Timothy 3.16. Without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh. Oh, no, Brother Beard, the Son of God was manifest in the flesh. No, that's the beast that makes an image to the beast that had the daily wound and was healed. That's a false Son of God. That's an image to that beast, an image to the Son of God. An image to the Son of God is the beast. And the beast that made an image to that beast that he should both, what? Give it life and it should live. Call fire down from heaven and give it life. And it's given life here in what? In every person that carries that revelation. How's it given life? Because they believe it. They believe that lie. That, that, that beast. There, you see, there's three spirits. When you divide the spirit of God, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost, you have divided that spirit. You don't give Jesus the glory of the Father. That's what he told Philip in John 14. Have I been so long time with you? And hast thou not known me, Philip? Philip didn't say, oh, wait a minute, Lord. I know you're the Son of God, but I want to see the Father. Jesus said, have, it, have I been me? Have I been so long time with you? And hast thou not known me, Philip? I am the Father. And how sayest thou then, show us the Father? Believe me that I am in my Father, my Father in me. Or else believe me for the work's sake. What works? Well, he healed the sick, cleansed the leper, raised the dead, cast out devils, open blind eyes, loose the dumb tongue, the lame walk, and the captive went free. Blessed is he whomsoever is not offended in me. Does that offend you? Jesus is the Father of glory, manifested in a body of flesh as the Son of God. Son of God has two components, the Father of glory, the Spirit, and a manifest in a body of flesh and blood. The Son of God is the Father revealed. He is the image of the invisible God. He is the expressed image of a singular person. Hebrews 1, verse 1 through 3. The express image of his person. Only one. 
them. They said, I still don't understand. Jesus said, you've seen me, you've seen the Father. If you don't believe that, believe me for the work's sake. Who do you think is healing the sick, cleansing the leper, raising the dead, casting out devils, opening blind eyes, loosening the dumb tongue, the lame are walking, the captive going free? Who do you think is doing that? Not by the works of the flesh. Jesus said, I can of my own self, that is flesh, do. I can do nothing. It's the Father doing all these works. Believe me for the work's sake. Know that I'm the Father. Look at all that. If I with the finger of God, not the finger of the Son of God, if I with the finger of God cast out devils, know ye the kingdom of God's come nigh unto you. The words that I speak, carrying on in John 14, the words that I speak are not mine. Well, then whose are they? The Father that dwelleth in me houses permanently in me. Catechal. They're a housing permanently forever. Eternal world without end. In, in that tabernacle, in that body. The words that I speak are not mine, Jesus said. But the Father that dwelleth in me, he's the one doing the works. There you have it. When Jesus said in John, they came to Jesus in John 8. Verse 13, the Pharisees came to him and said, Jesus, you bear a record of yourself. Your record is not true. They're just like the Trinitarian denominations of today. Not counting the other untold religions out there of, of uh, uh, Buddhist, of of. Uh, uh, Islam, Muslims, and whatever the case may be. Just a man. Oh, he existed, but he was just a man. No, you don't know him. They came to Jesus. These Pharisees came to Jesus. They said, Lord, now Jesus, you bear record of yourself. Your record's not true. You're just a man. And that man's not God. He said, your record's not true. Jesus said, though I bear record of myself, my record is true. Because I'm not alone. You don't know it. The world doesn't know it. But the people of God, the one true called of God, they know it. Because it's been revealed. Just like it was to Peter. Simon Barjona, flesh and blood has not revealed this unto thee. No seminary can reveal this to you. No scribes can reveal this unto you. But my Father, which is in heaven, the Holy Ghost reveals this unto you. The Spirit of God reveals this unto you. Thou art the Christ. You are the Spirit of God that has been manifest in the flesh. You are that Spirit revealed. You're that invisible God now made visible. You are that Spirit that is invisible now made visible to the people. They can see your works. They can see the power of God. They can see the kingdom of God because the man, Christ Jesus, is God revealed. God manifest. You see, there is a mystery there. True, it is a mystery. But it's given to us to know the truth. We must know who he is. 
We must believe who he is. We must believe in the name of the Son of God. That name is Jesus. Jehovah is salvation. Not Jehovah Junior, not Lord Junior, not Spirit Junior, but Jehovah is salvation. Jesus. He's Emmanuel, God with us. Not, not second person of the Godhead with us. There is no second person of the Godhead. It does not exist. You don't give him the glory of the Father. There is that mystery there that Paul plainly states to us exactly what it is in Colossians 2, verse 1 through 9. To the full acknowledgement and understanding of the mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ. God is the Father, is Christ. (laughs) It's a mystery. It's a mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ in whom are hidden. Why would God hide it? Because it's only revealed to those of a pure heart. In whom are hidden all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. All judgments of God, famine, pestilence, sword, noisome beast, the four sword judgments in the earth before his coming, the beginning of sorrows, birth pangs, for the body of Christ to bring forth Jesus in them. The man child caught up to God and to his throne. Those that keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus, the faith that was once delivered to the saints. He does all those judgments for one reason. For the world to know, for everyone to know that only he, Jesus, is God. And there's not another. He is the Lord Jehovah God Almighty that has redeemed you. The Lord, your Redeemer. God, your Savior. And that's the reason why the Lord will do a work in the last days, a strange work and bring to pass his act, his strange act. Don't mock at it, lest your bands be made strong, Isaiah 28. It has the, the overflowing scourge has surprised the hypocrite. They didn't know this. They went to church gave tithes of all they possessed, fast twice a week, and yet never come to the knowledge of who Jesus is. The overflowing scourge will pass through. The covenant with death and hell will be annulled. For there is a consuming fire, the consumption decreed, upon all the earth. Oh, earth, earth, earth. Hear ye the word of the Lord. The consumption decree, that consuming fire, will separate those that know God versus the ones that are in man-made religions, man-made denominations. Groves where God used to move, but they've cut it now to false gods. You see, Hebrews 12, Paul talks about it. He said, now, the Lord hath promised. He's not going to shake earth only as he did with Moses in the day that uh, Mount Hork burned was on fire for the Lord descended upon the mountain, Sinai. Moses said, I exceedingly fear and quake. He won't do that. And all that touched through, touched the mountain were thrust, thrust through with a dart. The Lord hath promised yet once more. He shakes not only the earth, but also heaven. Why? That all that can be shaken 
may be removed as of things that are made. Man-made doctrine, man-made denomination, man-made Christ, man-made Son of God Jr., God Jr. out there, Jehovah Jr., he's going to literally destroy it, shaking it, going to be destroyed. That's the reason why he will do the work in the last days. Not to destroy mankind, but to bring mankind to him. These seals, trumpets, and vials, judgments of God. That judgments made manifest in the earth. True and righteous are thy in thy judgments, O God. Revelation 15, Song of Moses, singing the Song of the Lamb. They know who he is. It's when thy judgments are made manifest in the earth that all shall know him for the least of the greatest. For the knowledge of the glory of the Lord shall cover the earth as the waters cover the seas. But we have to give him the glory. We have to give the, him the, the glory of the true God and eternal life, not a false God that comes in the name of Jesus but denies that he is the Father. They come in my name and shall deceive many. It's happening today. It's happened. Mr. Babylon, the great, the mother of hearts, the abomination of the earth, a golden cup in the Lord's hand has made all the nations drunk. And who sent it? God did. Second Thessalonians 2, for the Lord God himself will send them strong delusion that they all might be damned who received not the love of the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. What's unrighteousness? You don't, you do not believe and confess that Jesus Christ proceeded from the Father, came to the world, and went back to the Father, not beside him, not around him, to him, sat down with the Father in his throne. S-E-T, sat down, state of glory. Always has been God, always will be God. To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me, S-I-T, that's us, sit, a position. Sit with him, with Jesus in his throne. We have power with God, throne power in Revelation 12. The body of Christ keeping his commandments, have the testimony of Jesus. But even as I overcame, Jesus said, where did you go, Jesus? Even as I overcame and am set, S-E-T, a state of glory forever settled in heaven. Set down with my father in his throne. Not beside it, not around it, in it. Beside it at the right hand of God is for the body of Christ. He prepared a place for us. We're made to set together in heavenly places of Christ Jesus. That's us. Where did he? He went back to his former glory. Glorified with the Father's own self, with the glory he had with him before the foundation of the world. John 17, 5. I'm saying that most people think that they're saved or not. It is a grave mistake and a mistaken identity with when you follow a God junior, a God the Son, the Son of God as a second person of the Godhead. You have missed it all. So God will do a work to bring the people to him in true righteousness. What's righteousness? He went, he proceeded from the father. If he proceeds from the father, it's the same father and comes into the world. The father revealed and he went back to the father. That's righteousness. But where the forerunner has already entered in. They didn't understand that. 
the world cannot understand it because it receives him not, neither knows him. Jesus dwelling with his disciples said, I've, I've, I'll send the Father, send another, I'll pray the Father, send you another comforter whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But you know him, you disciples know me. You know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. What, flesh? No. That spirit that Jesus is will be in you. That's the Holy Ghost. Well, Jesus has to be glorified first. What, with the glory he had before? Because he put it off to become a man, but he's got to take it all back, glorified with the Father's own self, John 17, 5. Then he gives us that power. That's the reason why in Matthew 20, 18, Jesus said, after his resurrection, he came out of the tomb and said, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. All power. That didn't leave the Father powerless. He is the Father. He put it off, the glory off, to become a man to save us. But after he did, he went back to his former glory. What? And if you shall see the Son of Man ascend back up to heaven where he was before. The Pharisees didn't understand this. Oh, they were very religious men. Oh, they would fast twice a week, give tithes of all that they possessed. They thank God I'm not like that sinner there. But the, but the pride of that heart, the pride of that heart has deceived thee. That sinner that beat upon his chest, wouldn't so much as even look up to heaven. Father, be, from, be merciful to me, a sinner. He wants his house justified rather than the other. At least it was a true repentant heart. But it takes more than just repentance. Godly sorrow worketh repentance unto salvation, but it did not say godly sorrow, our repentance is salvation. It works repentance unto salvation. It'll get you there, for you're born of the water and the spirit. They, they, these Pharisees didn't understand that. They came to Jesus. They said, Jesus, you bear record, John 8, 13. Jesus, you bear record of yourself. Your record's not true. You're just a man. Jesus said, though I bear record of myself, my record is true because I'm not alone. You think I am, but I'm not. There is the Spirit of God, the Father of glory, abiding permanently in me. A permanent dwelling in me. You see, all the manifestations in the Old Testament was not a permanent dwelling. Yes, he, he was that angel that wrestled with Jacob, called the redeeming angel in Genesis 48. And an angel can't redeem you, only the Lord. That was the Lord Jesus Christ. Cain changed his name from Jacob to Israel. You have Moses at the burning bush. The burning bush is not God, but he's manifest in that burning bush. And it burned, but yet it was not consumed. Who are you? Moses, take off the shoes from off your feet. For your ground you stand on is holy. I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. He's the Lord Jehovah God Almighty. What's your name? Moses says. So when I go down there and they ask me your name, I can tell them I am that. I am.
not I am who I am. I am that I am. What's that? All the attributes of God from the aloft to the top, the A to the Z, the alpha to the omega. He's all of those. I am that, all of it. Well, was was he permanently in that burning bush? No, because if it was, uh, and he was there permanently in that bush, we would still be going to that bush today, bowing down to it, saying, oh, holy bush. But he was passing through. He manifested himself, himself there, but he did not stay there. He did not dwell there permanently. The saying that you have all through Jock, uh, Joshua with a man with a sword drawn. Joshua saw the man in the, and uh, he said, are you for us or are you against us? He saw a warrior there and he knew this, this is something I haven't seen before. Are you for us or are you against us? He said, neither. Joshua, take off your shoes from off your feet. The ground you stand on is holy. He's captain of the Lord of hosts. That's the Lord Jesus. But he he did not stay there in a permanent abode there. Anytime you see a manifestation, it's not permanent. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in a burning fire furnace. Heated seven times hotter than what it was. Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar said, throw them, cast them into, cast them into the fire. That was what, seven times hotter than what it had been. The ones casting them in were burned up. But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, all the bondages there were, were completely burned up, but they are, wasn't a hair on their head singed. Nebuchadnezzar said, did not we cast in three men? And behold, are there not four? And the fourth one, one like the Son of God. But still not a permanent abode. Not a permanent abode. Any manifestations you had there in the Old Testament was because the Lord Jesus Christ, God himself, had laid aside his glory to reveal an attribute here or there, or a, a form here, a form there of, of glory. But no one had seen God at any time and lived. It's like you, if you had a rental house, and I know this is a poor analogy, but if you had a rental house and you were renting that house, would you, as a renter, knowing that you're not going to be there permanently staying in that house, it's not yours, would you pour concrete and write your name in the front, on your front porch? Would you chisel your name in the front door? Of course not, because it's a rented house. You're not going to put your name there. But if you have a permanent abode where you're going to stay forever, well, you put your name there. Chisel your name in the front door. Put it in concrete. It's yours. You're going to be there forever. They say, where are you? Well, here he is. There's, he's been there forever, and he will stay there forever. You're going to put a permanent abode there. God did the same for you and me. He did the same for us. Because when it says, for all the fullness of the Godhead 
everything that God is, dwelleth. Colossians 2.9, for in him dwelleth, houses permanently, a permanent tabernacle, a permanent abode, a permanent dwelling forever. Eternal world without end, forever. That is the permanent abode of God. You'll never find him anywhere else. He manifested once and for all. God was manifest in the flesh. 1 Timothy 3.16 And when he did, he puts his eternal name there. When they ask the name, Manoah asked the name of Samson's dad there. Ask, what is your name? You came there, told the woman, you're going to bear our son. He shall be called, called a Nazarite. No razor shall come upon his hair, and he'll drink no wine. And Noah said, well, let me see this. You've talked to my wife now. Let me see this angel that told you that. So the angel came down again and said to Manoah, what I've told you why, that do, no razor on his head, and there drink no wine, or that vow will be that vow of a Nazarite. He said, when this thing comes to pass, what is your name? So when it does come to pass, he believed it. When it does come to pass, we can give you glory. He said, why do you ask me? Why do you ask me my name, seeing it is secret? Why is it secreted? Because that is not the permanent abode, the permanent dwelling, the permanent manifestation of God. That will only be in Jesus Christ. He will not reveal his everlasting name until he has a permanent abode. And when he does, that's the mystery of God and the Father and of Christ. Colossians 2, verse 1 through 9, in, in whom dwelleth all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Let no man deceive you by any means. It tells you what the deception is in the last days. It's a false Christ. It's God that himself that will send you strong delusion of a Mr. Babylon the Great, the mother of hearts and abomination of the earth, a Trinitarian doctrine, a God junior, a second person of the Godhead, and it makes all the nations of the world drunk through the wine of her fornication. And those that take the mark of the beast, what is that beast? A false son of God, a God junior, a second person of the Godhead. Because the mark of the beast is a mark of a man. It's a number of a man. Let him, have, let him that hath wisdom count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is key, Z, stigma, 600, three score and six. In Greek, key, Z, stigma, key, 600 in Grammatria. Z, 60. Z, key, Z, stigma, stigma, six. Key, Z, stigma, 600, three score and six. Stigma is in flesh. Six, the number of man's flesh. Key, Christ. Key, stigma, Christ is coming the flesh. 606, that is of God. Key, sigma, Jesus Christ is coming the flesh. That's of God. 
Any spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. Here is how you try the spirits to see whether they're of God. Not if your mom and daddy were Baptist or Methodist or whatever the case is, or Trinitarian or Catholic or whatever the case is. That's not how you try. First, John 4, verse 1 through 3 tells you how to try the spirits to see whether they are of God or not. How do you do that? John tells us very plainly how to do it. He said, hereby try you the spirits to see whether they are of God. For there are many false prophets entered into the world. Many, not just some, many. Doctrines of devils. A lot of doctrines. Well, all that comes in the name of Jesus in my name is going to destroy many. Well, how can we know? How do you know that you know that you're following the truth? John tells us, 1 John 4, verse 1 through 4. Hereby try you the spirits to see whether they're of God. For many false prophets are entered into the world. Any spirit, that's a small s, find out if that's of God or not. Any spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. Somebody said, well, my Bible says has come. You have a false Bible. <laughs> that is a present imperfect tense. Is come. Not has come. Is come. Is come. Is a present imperfect tense. It means it's presently still happening. It's imperfect. It hasn't been perfected yet. It's still happening and still in operation, still dynamic, presently. Any spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh, Jesus Christ is that spirit. Jesus Christ is that Holy Ghost, is come in the flesh, still coming in the flesh, still coming in the body of Christ as a newborn babe desires and sincere make of the word they've been grown thereby, their sins forgiven for his name's sake, born of the water and the spirit, receiving the Holy Ghost, Christ in you, the hope of glory, the power of God unto salvation, the Holy Ghost. Somebody said, what do you say, spirit? Spirit, God's always been a spirit, always will be the spirit, and he's holy. But ghost is the spirit of a person. And a ghost is the spirit of a departed person. Jesus is expedient. I go away. If I don't go away, the Holy Ghost of Comforter is not going to come. Why? Because out of your belly shall flow rivers of living waters. This he spake of the Holy Ghost, which was not yet given. Why not? Because Jesus was not yet glorified. What does that have to do with it? Because Jesus is that spirit, made himself of no reputation, laid aside his glory, took upon him the form of a servant. That form is morpha. It's an eternal state of a servant. Who is that servant? Made in the likeness of men. Who? God was made in the likeness of men. Not the son of God. God himself was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man. God found in fashion as a man, humbled himself to death, even the death of the cross, wherefore God has highly exalted him. God has made that same Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord, Jehovah God Almighty, Christ, the Holy Ghost, Acts 2.36.
He laid aside the glory to become a man and become that servant. Jesus, who being in the form of God, the form of God, Philippians 2, 6, made himself of no reputation, not some, laid aside all that glory. Why? To work only as a man. Because a man lost it, only a man can redeem us back. So in the days of his flesh, Jesus is made one just like you and just like me. Hebrews 2 tells us that Jesus, for as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood like you and me, he also himself likewise, God himself likewise, took part of the same, that in all things he was made like unto his brethren. Tempted at all points like as we are yet without sin. Hebrews 4.15. Well, God sent forth his son. Not but the father speaking to a son. Go down and die for the sin of the world. That's a lie. You have added to the word of God a lie that has never been there, never will be there. And is not salvation. How did God send forth his son? Galatians 4 verse 4 tells you how God did it. In the fullness of time, God sent forth his son. How? Made of a woman. Made of a woman. Yes, made and under the law, not above it and under it. He's an Adam after the fall, just like you and just like me. Tempted all points like as we are yet without sin. That's the Lord Jesus Christ. He, take, he took upon him the form of a servant, made in the likeness of men. Who is that servant? Isaiah 43.10. Isaiah tells you who he is. Thus saith the Lord, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, Lord Jehovah God Almighty. When you find a capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D in the Old Testament, that is the Spirit of God, Lord Jehovah God Almighty, no flesh, Spirit of God, Elohim, El Shaddai, Lord Jehovah. Thus saith the Lord, capital L-O-R-D, and my servant, whom I have chosen, and my servant, sounds like there's two. That you may know, thus saith the Lord, and my servant, that you may know, my servant whom I have chosen. <laughs> God chose him, why? Because he's anointed with all above thy fellows. Thus saith the Lord, Jehovah God Almighty, Spirit of God, and my servant, whom I have chosen. What about it? That you may know and believe me and understand. Got to have knowledge of this. That I am he. The Lord is that servant. Before me there was no God formed. Neither shall be after me. God formed himself a body of flesh and blood. How did he do it? Being in the form of God, made himself of no reputation, laid aside his glory. Kenosis, emptied out, laid aside his glory, took upon him the form of a servant. 
There's only one that has God manifest in the flesh, taken on a body of flesh and blood, formed himself a body of flesh and blood. And that is the Lord Jehovah God Almighty and revealed his name. Jehovah is salvation. Jesus, Yeshua, Hamashiach, Jesus, the Messiah. Jesus Christ, thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. The Son of the living God is the Father revealed. Matthew 16. Simon Bar-Jonah, flesh and blood, has not revealed this unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. This is revealed of God. He is the Lord your Redeemer. He is God your Savior. And beside him there is no other God. That is the reason why the seals, trumpets, and vows the four sword judgments of God, famine, pestilence, sword, and noisome beast, will be to reveal who he is, the everlasting Father of glory, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, that he alone is God, his name is Jesus, looking for the glory supreme of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, Titus 2.13. God is doing the works in these last days of the final sealing of knowing who he is, that he is the father of glory, overcoming by knowing his work, the work of the ministry, to to receive the final sealing in your forehead, which is the mind of Christ. It takes it all. They didn't understand that. Pharisees of that day didn't understand it. The Pharisees of this day, the uncircumcised, do not understand it today. The uncircumcised Philistine does not understand it today. In Romans 8, I'm sorry, John 8, John 8, 13, they came to Jesus and said, Jesus, you bear record of yourself. Your record is not true. Jesus said, though I bear record of myself, my record is true. I'm not just a man you're looking at here. I am the father of glory, Jesus is saying. Somebody said, how can you say that? They said, Jesus, you bear record of yourself. Your record is not true. You're just a man. Jesus said, though I bear record of myself, my record is true because I'm not alone. Well, they're looking around. They don't see anybody but Jesus. Jesus said, it's written in your law. The testimony of two men is true. That's the testimony of Jesus. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy, Revelation 19.10. See, John sees the man. He knows that that's the Lord. If anybody knew who the Lord Jesus is, John, the revelator, the apostle John knew him. The disciple whom Jesus loved. And John was bowing down, was going to bow down to worship him. He said, see, thou doest it not. I am of thy fellow servants and of thy brethren not angels. Fellow servants of our brethren that have the testimony of Jesus. Now that's a higher glory than Pentecost. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Why? That you could understand the words of the book of this prophecy. The revelation which is the book of this prophecy. It's the last book in your Bible. It's a book you better not mess with because if you add anything to it, to the words of the book of this prophecy, the plagues of this book will be added to you. If you take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, 
Your names will be taken out of the holy city and blotted out of the book of life. Very serious. You're dealing with God's heartstrings, his seals, his letter sealed and sent to you, those that are sealed in their foreheads. The servants of God seal the servants of our God in their forehead. By that sealing, you will not be deceived. It's not the change yet. You haven't been changed in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye at the last trump, but you are sealed. And that final sealing is in the forehead. Revelation 7, verse 1 through 4, sealing the servants of a God in their forehead. In the 19th of January, 2019, the Lord spoke in a visitation to me saying, seal my people by my word. Now I'm nothing but a shoe shine boy. Pop the rag, shine your shoes. No righteousness or no holiness of ours that God would use us. But simply for his name's sake, for the body of Christ and those that call themselves Christians to give him the glory, the glory of the Father, the glory of God Almighty, the glory Jehovah, Lord God, Lord and Christ. And there's not another. He says, seal my servants in their forehead. Seal the servants of God. As the angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God, so send I you. We've done our best to do that. If God's dealing with you, write us. Let us hear from you. The body of Christ is coming together. God is putting a great army as of one man filling heaven and earth, Jesus the head, you the body of the Christ, and you will be God's uh, uh, weapons. You're his battle axe, his battle axe, and his weapons of indignation. The body of Christ. These are men wondered at. And when I say men, I'm saying uh, mankind in general, man, uh, female, male and female together. God is calling out a great army. But those have to grow up into him in all things. Those things are the things of faith. Only those will be sealed. The Pharisees of the day will not understand. They, the God of this, of this world has blinded their eyes. The pride, their pride has deceived them. But the ones that are broken, humble, and contrite will see it and give him the glory and come into one, in the unity of the faith, into the knowledge of the Son of God. That knowledge is not gnosko, just knowing Jesus after the Spirit, not after the flesh, but it's epigonosko, higher glory, caught up to God to his throne. These are the ones that worship God, keeping his commandments and having the testimony. The testimony of Jesus is the faith that was once delivered to the saints, knowing these things, to the law and to the testimony. That testimony of Jesus, it's the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, leading us and guiding us into all truth. To the law and to the testimony, if any speak not according to this word, there is no light in them. Not some light, no light. With God, it's all or nothing. Take heed how you hear. With the same measure, shall he meet with all. 
says, the same measure you meet shall be measured to you again. To him that hath shall be given. He'll have the more. You're coming more and more into the glory of Jesus Christ. Him that hath not shall be taken away even that which he has. With God it's all or nothing. You either come to the fullness of it or you lose all. You cannot stay Pentecostal. You've got to go on into tabernaclist. All the way to the knowledge of Jesus Christ and to a perfect man and to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Those Pharisees asked, asked Jesus. He said, Jesus, John 8, 13, you bear record of yourself. Your record's not true. You're just a man. Jesus said, though I bear record of myself, my record is true, for I'm not alone. I and my father that sent me. He said, it's written in your law. The testimony of two men is true. I am one that beareth witness. There's one witness. I am one that beareth witness of myself. That's the flesh. And my father that sent me, he beareth a witness, witness of me. Here's your two witnesses right there, the body and the spirit. There's your two witnesses of Revelation 11, the servants of God, the two olive trees, the two golden candlesticks, the church of the living God with the spirit of God in them. They ask Jesus. Jesus told him, I'm going to bear witness to myself and my father sent me. He beareth witness to me. There's the two. They didn't say the father. They said, well, where is he? They didn't understand Jesus is the express image of the father. You're looking at him. They said, where is your father? They asked Jesus, where is your father? Jesus said, if you'd have known me, you'd have known my father. You don't understand that I am the Spirit of God without measure manifest in this body of flesh and blood. I've laid aside glory so I can redeem mankind back to me. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world back into himself. God, Christ, was in Christ, the man, reconciling the world back into himself, Christ. Christ was in Christ, reconciling the world back into Christ. That is exactly what he, he did and what he's doing now. You're from beneath. I'm from above. You're of this world. I'm not of this world. Jesus is telling them, I am the father of glory. Jesus spake these words in the treasury. No man laid, on, laid hands on him because his hour was not yet come. And then Jesus went on to say, moreover, he said, I go my way. And whether I go, you cannot come. They said, whither will he go? Will he kill himself? Because he said, whether I go, you cannot come. Where's he going? That's righteousness. He came from the Father, going back to the Father. Not beside him. He's going to be glorified with the Father's own self. He put the glory off before the foundation of the world to manifest himself to mankind. Then and ultimately took the form of a servant made in the likeness of men in the days of his flesh. And then died, rose again, and went back to the Father. Not beside him, not around him. Sat down with the Father in his throne. S-E-T. Revelation 3.20. With the Father in his throne. 
There is your revelation. He made himself of no reputation to take on the form of a servant. He did not cease and desist from being God. But the law was still there. Until that law is satisfied, until that law is fulfilled, until that righteous blood of Jesus is shed, that law remains. So we have God, the Spirit of God. Jesus is in that form. He makes himself of no reputation, lays aside his glory. He takes upon him that spirit, although he's not going to work with it. Why? Because man lost it. Only a man can redeem us back. But one man's disobedience came to the world death by sin. Therefore, by one man shall my servant make many righteous. That servant is God Almighty. We saw that in Isaiah 43, 10. But then we have, now he's made himself of no reputation. He takes on him the form of a servant made in the likeness of men. But the law is still there. God was in Christ reconciling the world back into himself. But that law is still there in dividing the Spirit of God from man, even though God has taken on his own body of flesh and blood, manifest in flesh as the Son of God, the Father revealed in a body of flesh and blood. And to us, a, a child is born, and to us a son is given. The government shall rest upon his shoulder, singular, the cross. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, not the Mighty Son of God, the Everlasting Father, not the Everlasting Son, Prince of Peace, Isaiah 9, 6. But when God took on a body of flesh and blood and made himself, made himself of no reputation, he took upon him the form of a servant. The law is still there. Well, that's God with us, Emmanuel. Yes, but the law is still there until the man Christ Jesus dies as a perfect, spotless, blameless sacrifice, a perfect, spotless, blameless, sinless man, then that law will still stay. We find that in Ephesians 3, that Jesus... You see, he's going he's gonna to be tempted at all points like as we are. He's going to fulfill that law as a man. And all these judgments are simply to reveal himself as God, the eternal Savior of the world, God himself, our Redeemer. Seals, trumpets, and vials, the famine, pestilences, swords, noisome beasts, all of these are just to reveal that he is God. Nothing more, nothing less. See now that I am God, and beside me there is no other Savior. I am the Lord, your Redeemer. Who is he? Jesus, the Spirit of God, manifesting his name now because he's going to, in a permanent manifestation, a permanent tabernacle, a permanent abode where he's going to be forever, places his name there, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. He's made himself of no reputation. He's taken upon the form of a servant made just like us. And Adam, after the fall, going to be tempted to points like as we are, yet without sin, fulfills all the law. The law states that the high priest does not take his, his office until age 30. Numbers 4 states it six times. The high priest, at the age of 30, 
shall take his office. Well, Jesus, because he's fulfilling the law as a man, it's his own law. He can't just do away with it. God spoke it. It's there. And the day that you eat thereof, Adam, you will surely die. Adam died. There, that first man has to be crucified with the affections and the lust. That has to be uh, buried with him in baptism that the body of the sins of the flesh might be destroyed by baptism. No other way. You see, the first, that first feast of Passover, death, you have to believe. You have to repent and be baptized. That's born of the water. Somebody said, well, last Jesus come by my heart. Well, you repented. You got one step, but you haven't gone through all seven feasts, friend. You've only gone through one. You repented. That's great, but you got to go on and be baptized. Well, there's the labor. You've got... You've got the altar of burnt offering. That's where you repent it. Then you come to the labor. You must be washed. Death, Jesus. How do we get his death? Repent. Then go to the labor and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ. Father's not a name. Son's not a name. Holy Ghost's not a name. What's the name of the Father? Jesus. What's the name of the Son? Jesus. What's the name of the Holy Ghost? Every office of that spirit is Jesus. Not three persons. There, you've repented, you've baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. The body of the sins of the flesh is destroyed by baptism, Colossians 2, 10 through 12. You're raised to the newness of life. Now you've taken three feasts, death, burial, and resurrection, Passover, unleavened bread, first fruits. Go to your next feast, feast of, feast of weeks, feast of Pentecost. You receive the Holy Ghost. Now you're born of the water. In the first three feasts, born of the Spirit in the, in the next feast, death, burial, resurrection of Jesus. How'd you get into it? Repent it, baptize in the name of Jesus Christ, raised in the news of life, receive the Holy Ghost. Now you're born of the water and Spirit. Now you have to go on. You're a Pentecostal. Now you've got to go on into tabernacles, become a tabernacleist. You've got three more feasts to go to eat his flesh and drink his blood. There, Jesus said, I go my way. Whether I go, you cannot come. They said, will you kill him? Will he kill himself? John 8, 22, 23, 24. Jesus then states, I go my way. Whether I go, you cannot come. Except you believe. What's the question? Where's your father? Jesus said, except you believe that I am he, the father of glory, ye shall die in your sins. If you believe a Trinity doctrine, God Jr., you will die in your sins. Jesus stated it in John 8, 24. Except you believe that I am he, that I am the father. That servant is the father of glory, the Lord Jehovah God Almighty. Isaiah 43, 10. It's uh, John 10, 30. It is Acts 2, 36. The Lord and Christ, that man, Christ Jesus. So in the days of his flesh, even though it's God manifest in the flesh, except you believe in I am he, you shall die in, his, in your sins. John 8, 27. You, they, they understood not. He spake to them of the Father. They still don't understand it today. He is the Father of glory. Jesus then states, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For if you believe not that I am he, 
ye shall die in your sins. You've got to go on. How far? To the measure of the statue of Jesus Christ. Unto a perfect man. He come, he's coming back for a church without spot, without blemish, that has made herself ready. And nothing short of that's going. We have to be led and guided into all truth. And that's the final sealing in the forehead. The bottom line is that famines, pestilences, a sword, noisome beast are for one reason only. Not for man to die, but for them to turn their hearts to Jesus Christ. The true God in eternal life, the Father of glory, Jesus, the Father, the Lord Jehovah, God Almighty, the Son of God is the Father that was revealed permanently in the days of his flesh, now revealed in and through the body of Christ. That's the reason when Jesus had fulfilled, he couldn't take that that uh, our high priesthood until age 30. Why? Because now he's fulfilling the law as a man. A man lost that. Only a man can get it back. He looked for a man. God looked for a man. He was amazed he could find none. He looked at Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph. All that sin comes short of the glory of God. None good, no, not one. He was amazed he could find none. Therefore, he said, my own arm brought salvation to myself. My own arm, yeah, trust not in the arm of flesh. My own arm of flesh brought salvation to me. God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself. Christ is that spirit that made himself a body of flesh and blood as the Christ, God manifest in the flesh and redeemed mankind back to himself. God's manifest in the flesh. He takes his ministry, the office of the high priest at age 30. Jesus being about the age of 30, Go down to be baptized of John and Jordan. That begins his ministry at age 30, fulfilling the law, numbers four. The high priest takes it at age 30. Jesus is fulfilling that law in the days of his flesh as one of us. He is our propitiation. He's doing it in our stead. There, as Jesus is that progressively glorifying his own human back to himself. He said, Father, well, why is he praying to the Father? Because he has emptied out of glory to work only as a man. Even though he's God manifest in the flesh, he's working only as a man laying aside his glory, glorifying his own human back to himself, the law still being there and the ordinances of that law, the ordinances of that law, contrary to us. Well, that law was given that sin might appear exceedingly sinful. And by the works of the law, no flesh should be saved. There, it is by the law that we that, that sin is revealed. For without the law, sin is not imputed where there is no law. That the sin might be made manifest, the law was given. And that law is righteous, it's holy, but it's weak in the flesh. God, and that sent forth his son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh. God sending forth his son there in flesh, the word made flesh, God made flesh, the word, Holy Ghost, Jehovah, revealed in flesh, Jesus, Jehovah's salvation. But even though God is manifest in flesh, Emmanuel, God with us, that law is still there. So he, in our stead, 
is showing us the way, the truth, and life for us to get back to God, to the Father of glory. He is. God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. Christ is God. Yes, Christ was in Christ reconciling the world back into himself as Christ. Christ is God manifest in the flesh. The Son of the living God, the Christ, God manifest. Well, he starts that ministry at age 30. Is going to be cut off in the midst of the week, but not for himself. That week is not a shabu, it's a heptad. And Daniel 9, 27, cut off uh, 24 through 27. Cut off in the midst of the week, but not for himself. Three and a half years. Seven years of a Jesus ministry. Three and a half years he's cut off in the midst of that week, but not for himself. Isaiah said, and who shall declare his generation? That generation shall be counted for the seed. That when Jesus said, and this generation shall not pass until all these things be fulfilled. He wasn't talking about a generation, a 40-year generation from May the 14th and 48, uh, 1948, when Israel was made a nation. He's not talking about just uh, a natural seed. He's talking about the seed of Abraham that will be the terminal seed, the terminal seed, the final generation that will proclaim the Jesus ministry. The confirming the covenant of many for one week, not a hep, uh, not a, a a medal of the week, but a whole week. Jesus was cut off in the midst. He fulfilled three and a half years. He paid for all of it. All of it. And there remains another three and a half years that he paid for, not only on the Passover unleavened bread first fruits, but Pentecost, not only there, but the year, the day of the Lord, and the year of the vengeance of the Lord our God, which is Feast of Trumpets, Day of Atonement, and Tabernacles, the Feast of Ingathering. He paid for all of that. So the prophecies that still remain to be fulfilled are in the final three feasts of the Lord, in the Feast of Trumpets, uh, Rosh Hashanah, the ministry voice of Jesus, the Day of Atonement, and Tabernacles, the Feast of Tabernacles. And there's more blood in Tabernacles in the Feast of Tabernacles and all the other feasts combined. Means the last great reign of his strength. And there was 13 bullocks offered on that first day of, of Tabernacles. On the 15th day of the seventh month. You shall offer 13 bullocks. The next day, 12. Then, then 11, 10, 9, 8. And on the seventh day, seven. You add those up, 13, 12, 11, 10, 9, 8, 7 is 70. And then on the eighth day and forward, I will receive you. There's one bullock. That is Jesus alone. Why 70 bullocks? Because there's 70 nations in the table of nations in Genesis 10. And he has bought every one of them. He's already paid the price with his righteous and holy blood. You've got to give him glory. You've got to come out from Mr. Babylon and touch not the unclean thing if you're going to be in this last day move, church, body of Christ in the work of the ministry. The oneness organizations most do not say the man's God, but he's on the right hand of God and God is still in him. That is a lie. The man is set down with the Father in his throne. S-E-T means that he is and always has been God. He laid aside his glory to work as a man. Father, glorify thou me. The law is still there. Why is he praying to the Father? The law is still there. Father, glorify thou me. 
so that I have glorified you and I will glorify you again. Why? He's pro- progressively glorifying his own human, his own body back to himself. The law still has not been fulfilled and paid for in redemption for us who are under the law. Therefore, Jesus will begin at age 30 because the law states the high priest takes his ministry at age 30, numbers four. Then he progressively, the miracles and everything he does is progressive. They get greater and greater in glory. The first one he raises from the dead, three in the Old Testament, one under Elijah, two under Elisha. Then we have uh, three raised from the dead in the New Testament of all which Jesus did, showing he's the resurrection and the life. He does a widow of uh, 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 Jairus' daughter. Jairus' daughter been dead a couple of hours. Jesus comes in and raises her from the dead. Then we have the widow of Nain's son, been dead a couple of days. Got a funeral service going by. He walks to the beer, the coffin, and, say, and then he said, he's out, I'll say to thee, young man, I'll say to thee, arise. Presents him back to the widow alive. Been dead a couple of days. One went from a couple of hours under Jesus' daughter, a couple of days, would have named son. Then the uh, uh, Lazarus, been dead four days. But this time he stinketh. The miracles and everything he does, that is a long uh, time to to cover all of that progressive miracles that Jesus did, and he must needs go through some everything that he did in progressive glorifying his own human back to himself. The more he crucifies the the flesh, the more that he does that, the more the Spirit of God that he is can work through that flesh, showing us the way, the truth, the life, how to God to give to work through us, the Holy Ghost to work through us in fasting and prayer and dedication, consecration to God. Nice fulfilled the law. He has not sinned in any, any part of his body, soul, or spirit. And he must be a willing sacrifice. And he says, I have power to lay down my body. I have power to receive it again. This I've received of my father. No man taketh my life from me. I freely laid it, lay it down. By him freely laying it down is a free will sacrifice. No man taketh my life from me. Somebody said, yeah, the, Jesus laid down his life for us. Manifesting love, not vengeance. That his, his blood spoke and speaks today love. A free will sacrifice. While he's on the cross, he's fulfilled all the law. He's been tempted at all points like as we are, yet without sin. Every matter and every area of that law, every jot and tittle of that law has been tried and he's overcome in his own body of flesh and blood. The world, the devil, and his own flesh have been totally crucified. He's overcome it all. Now he lays down his life a free will sacrifice for us under the law, to redeem us that are under the law. When he dies on that cross, seven last sayings of Jesus, but he dies on that cross, Eli, Eli, Lama, Sabachthani. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Not that the Lord forsook there and left him on the cross, but for said in the crucifixion Psalms, thou shalt not be far from me. 
my darling, my Yaquid, the only one. At that point, when he dies, he said, Lord, at that point, Father, the Lord Jehovah God Almighty, the Father of glory, Lord, into thy hands I commend my spirit. His human spirit went into the hands of the Father. Into thy hands I commend my spirit. And he gave up the ghost. When he died, we find that the veil that had been in Herod's temple, 30 foot high, 3 foot wide, rents from top to bottom, showing us that the way into the holiest of all was not yet made manifest, but by the righteous blood of Jesus Christ. But also, we want to take a look at, at Ephesians 3. He took the ordinances of that law, that law that was a partition, parting God from man. Well, that man is God's own body. He is God's own person. The expressed image of his singular person. The image of the invisible God. You're looking at him. But he's glorified his own human, literally being tested, tried, and under that law in every area, tempted in all points like as we are, yet without sin. Hebrews 4.15. After he's completed it all, he dies on the cross. Then at that point, we have Paul telling us to the church at Ephesus, that he took the ordinances of that law that were contrary to us, nailing those ordinances to his cross, thereby breaking down the middle wall of partition that parted God from man, thereby of the twain, God and all mankind, making one new man. The man is God. One new man. Who is that man? One new man. The beginning of the creation of God. The new creation. The first beginnings of everything that is new. Who is he? First Corinthians fifteen forty five said that first Adam, he was nothing. He was made a living soul. Who's that second Adam? Who's that second man? That last Adam was made a quickening, small s spirit. That man, the spirit of that man, has made the way for you with bone of his bone, flesh of his flesh, because when that man died on the cross, he broke, took the ordinance of that law, nailing it to his cross, making one new man, and that man is the quickening spirit, little s, that man, Christ Jesus, who has now been glorified with the Father's own self, going back to where he was before, taken back, glorified with the Father's own self, glorified with the glory he had with him. He had it before, laid it off to become a man, and took it all back from the foundation of the world. Glorify me with thy own self, Father, with our glory I had with you before the world was. I laid it aside, become a man, I want it all back. Now you have the reason why God requires us to grow up into him in all things because he's given us of his spirit to overcome the world, the devil, and our own flesh, God providing some better thing for us, the body of Christ, that they, all those that died in faith, having never received their promise, should not be made perfect without us. When the body of Christ comes to perfection, it will perfect everything all the way back in the body of Christ. 
The sealing is now in the forehead, the mind of Christ for those that have an ear to hear. For one reason, the whole purpose of all judgments is to reveal the glory of Jesus Christ that he is, the everlasting God, the Father of glory, the everlasting Father, the Lord Jehovah, the omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent, omnipotent, blessed and only potentate who only has immortality, dwelling in the light which no man can approach unto, nor see, nor can see. Now we're getting to the ceilings and more of the work of the ministry in the next uh, uh, broadcast, podcast. But this is Brother Dennis Spirit. If you do not know and do not understand who Jesus is, give us a call. We'll be glad to break it down for you. Is it a mystery? Of course it's a mystery. That only the pure in heart will see God. But friend, don't let anyone tell you that God, the Lord Jesus Christ, the God of glory, the Father of glory, did not lay down his life for you. Yes, he did. Are there three spirits? No, there's not. Is there God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost? A trinity. No, there's not. Never been a trinity, never will be a trinity. That came in 325 A.D. in the Nicene, the, the Nicene Council, the Council of Nicaea, and in 451 A.D. Uh, in the God Band. And on his father's side, he's God, therefore son of God. On his mother's side, he's human, therefore son of man. That's a lie. The son of man is the spirit of God, office of the spirit of God in the kingdom. That's the reason in John 3.13, no man has ascended up to heaven. But he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. Jesus standing right there. All judgment will be given to the Son of Man. Why? Because he's the Son of Man. That's the only way you and I will have judgment given to us in the last day. Because of he. He is the Son of Man. And that includes us, bone of his bone, flesh of his flesh. Jesus Christ still is come in the flesh. Still coming in the flesh. The ceiling, three different levels of glory in the Holy Ghost, leading us and guiding us into all truth. Don't let anybody tell you there's not a glory coming. For God has shown forth his glory in the face of Jesus Christ, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power might be of God and not of ourselves. The Lord, who's the Lord? Jesus, what is that spirit? Not the spirit, man. That man is that spirit. He is a quickening spirit. That last Adam was made a quickening spirit. Galatians 4, 6, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Why? Because there's only one spirit. The spirit of the son, the spirit of the father, the spirit of the Holy Ghost is one. It's self-same spirit. There's not another or separated spirit. There is no God, Jr. There is no second person of the Godhead. You must believe that he is God and a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. There we have the true Jesus, the true Christ that will be revealed in the last days in the work of the ministry, Christ. The kings of this world, the kingdoms of all this world become of the Lord's and that of his Christ. Well, until the next time, this is Brother Dennis Beard. Behold the real Jesus. Don't let anyone tell you there is a trinity. There's no such thing as a trinity. You've got to come out from them. But someone said, my friends are there. This is what we've all believed all of our life. 
Take a look. God's revealing more and more in the word for those that have an ear to hear. That, that is determined will be done. Don't let anybody tell you, oh, don't read that. That doesn't have anything to do with you. This word of God has everything to do with you. Because at the white throne judgment, the books will be opened in the book of life. That, that word of God, that Biblion, the word of God, that Bible, will be open and judged out of everything written in the book. We must do as it says, not a hearer, but a doer of the word, because we will be judged out of that book. The time is now. The night is far spent. The day's at hand. The Lord's coming is soon, sooner than when we first believed. I admonish you, if you're in a Trinity doctrine, a binitarian, or a oneness doctrine, and you put that man separate from the Spirit of God, then there is a serious problem. Somebody said, well, there's one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. They take a look at Romans 8, 23 through 26. They take a good look at that. No man knows how he ought to pray. For the Spirit itself maketh intercession for you, for us according to the will of God with groanings that cannot be uttered. What does the Spirit itself? That's a capital S, friend. Give him the glory, and God will bless you. You won't be just a hearer of the word. You'll be a doer of the word. And by doing that, that man will be blessed in all his deeds. The Lord Jesus right now, is revealing his power, his glory, bringing his body into one for that final sealing in their foreheads in Revelation 7. This coronavirus, COVID-19, is just another pestilence. There will be more. There will be earthquakes in diverse places. All these are the beginning of sorrows when you see these beginning to come to pass. These are nothing but birth pains. What? To get us to turn to God, to get us to give him glory. Come and let us return to the Lord, for he hath torn. He will heal us. He has smitten. He will bind us up. After the second day, he will revive us. In the third day, which we are in now, he will raise us up. We will live in his sight. If we follow him to know the Lord, his going forth is prepared as the morning. He'll come to us as the rain, the former, and the latter rain. The latter rain's where we're headed. It'll be the fullness of the power of Satan up against the power of God. It'll be the kingdom against kingdom. The good news is we win. All those in Christ Jesus, sealed in the forehead, holding us unto the Lord. All capital letters, all boldness. The final mind of Christ. Let us hear from you. Don't be deceived with the traditional Jesus, the denominal Jesus, the denominal Holy Ghost. This is not the truth. If you have questions, give us a call. We'd love to hear from you. Visit me, DennisBeard.org, or tune in to the podcast, Sealing God's People at SealingGodsPeople.org. The Lord Jesus bless you, keep you. The blood of Jesus Christ cover you. And the plague comes, it will not come thee, not come to thee, neither thy house. A thousand falls at your left, ten thousand at your right. The plague will not come to thee, neither thy house. We claim it sealed by that blood of Jesus Christ of those that believe in his name. Until the next time, sailinggodspeople.org, Brother Dennis Green, behold the real Jesus.